Good evening, my dear friends and curious souls. Welcome to Mysteries After Dark, a horror podcast. My name, you may wonder. Just think of me as your old grandpa, spinning tales from a time long gone, and some from not-so-distant past. In my younger days, my grandkids would crowd around me, their eyes wide in anticipation or fear, eager for the evening's gruesome tales. Now I extend this tradition, this gift, to you. So pull up a chair, stoke that fireside, and let the shadows dance on every corner of the room. Let's journey together into the heart of darkness, where we unmask the unseen, discover forbidden secrets, and unburden the forgotten tales of the past. So dim the lights, my friends, and let's delve into the mysteries that emerge only after dark on our wonderful, unnerving journey. Dear Mysteries After Dark Podcast, I'm reaching out to share a series of unsettling events that have occurred exclusively in my bedroom over the past several months. The nature of these incidents is such that I've been left questioning my own sense of reality. The first of these occurrences happened roughly half a year ago. I found myself abruptly awakened from sleep by a chorus of indistinct voices. Though groggy and disoriented, my instincts kicked in and I sat up in the darkness, trying to pinpoint the location of the murmurs that had infiltrated the sanctuary of my room. My heart hammered against my chest as I mustered the courage to approach the light switch. With a trembling hand, I flicked it on and off in quick succession, three times to be exact, but the illumination did nothing to dispel the voices. Their conversation was unnervingly personal, detailing misdeeds and lies I had told. Not that there were many, but it was as though they had sifted through the deepest recesses of my conscience. As I stood there frozen, a voice apart from the rest, a deep, menacing male tone, directed a question at me that was more of a command. Where are you going? Startled to my core, I bolted from my room and sought refuge with my mother. Upon entering her room, the voices ceased as suddenly as they had begun. On another occasion, as dawn was about to break, my slumber was violently disrupted. It felt as though an unseen force yanked the sheets from my body. Concurrently, there was a resounding bang as the cover to my light fixture was dislodged and crashed to the floor. The fear that gripped me then was tangible, a cold sweat enveloping me as I lay there, sheetless and exposed. The final incident I wish to recount took place during a sleepover with my friend Avalon. Our night began uneventfully, until a jarring clang echoed up from the basement, a sound reminiscent of metal striking metal. We were petrified, but eventually managed to convince ourselves it was nothing unusual. However, this sense of calm was short-lived. Later that same night, within the confines of my room, the metallic banging returned, this time journeying up the hallway to our very door. The proximity of the sound intensified our terror, it felt personal, targeted. What perplexes me most is that these occurrences are exclusive to my room. No other area in our home has been subjected to such disturbances. I share these experiences with you not just in search of answers or similar stories from your listeners, but also as a cathartic release. 
There is an eerie comfort in knowing that others might lend an ear to these strange happenings. Dear Mysteries After Dark Podcast, It was a chilly morning in the early hours of 2005, precisely 4.30 a.m., when I was abruptly awakened by an intense thirst. Quietly, I slipped out of the warmth of my bed, careful not to disturb the stillness of the house. As I tiptoed toward the kitchen, I noted the faint light that was just beginning to seep through the windows, a soft pre-dawn glow that allowed me to navigate without flipping on any switches. The rest of my family remained in deep slumber behind closed doors, oblivious to my movements. Upon reaching the kitchen, I poured myself a glass of water and drank it eagerly. The silence of the house was profound, punctuated only by the occasional creaking that one becomes accustomed to in an older home. Feeling quenched and somewhat more awake now, I made my way back to my sanctuary, ready to return to my dreams. However, just as I was about to cross the threshold into my bedroom, a startling noise pierced the quiet, a thud emanating from the kitchen I had just left. It was as though someone, or something, had jumped from a height to the floor. My heart raced, adrenaline surged through my veins. Instinctively, I darted into my room, my breaths quick and shallow. As I stood there, my back pressed against the closed door, the silence was replaced by a new sound, footsteps. They were methodical and paced, traversing the corridor outside my room. Due to the positioning of my door and the natural light that filtered into the hall, I had a clear line of sight from my bed. I could see if an intruder was approaching. With trepidation gripping every fiber of my being, I peered into the corridor. The footsteps continued their relentless march back and forth outside my room. Time seemed to stretch into eternity as I lay there paralyzed with fear, listening to the sounds of an unseen presence just outside my sanctuary. After what felt like an endless ordeal, I mustered every ounce of courage left in me. Clutching a metal CD holder from a shelf near my door, a makeshift weapon, I stepped out into the hallway. The footsteps ceased immediately. My voice trembled as I called out into the dimly lit corridor, if anybody is there, please show yourself. The plea came out as a whisper, betraying my hope that no response would come. After a moment that held no reply save for the pounding of my own heartbeat in my ears, I convinced myself that whatever had been there was now gone. With shaky legs, I turned back toward my room. But as I did so, a visceral sensation washed over me, an unmistakable feeling of being watched. Panic took hold and I sprinted back into my room, slamming the door shut behind me. Fumbling in haste, I switched on the light and leaped into bed, pulling the covers up to my chin as if they could shield me from whatever lurked beyond. Despite the fear that clung to me like a second skin, exhaustion eventually won out. My eyelids grew heavy and I succumbed to a fitful sleep, haunted by the echoes of those mysterious footsteps. The next morning brought no answers. There were no signs of entry, nothing out of place, only questions that lingered like uninvited guests. To this day, the memory of that morning remains vivid in my mind, 
a puzzle unsolved and a story untold until now. Thank you for allowing me to share this experience with you and your listeners. Perhaps among them is someone who can offer insight or who has encountered something similar, a fellow traveler in the unexplained. Dear Mysteries After Dark Podcast, I'm reaching out to share a personal experience, one that continues to linger in my mind, perhaps as much for the comfort it offered as for the questions it raised. It's a tale that I believe fits perfectly within the realm of the unexplained phenomena you often discuss on your show. I'd be honored if you found it engaging enough to feature in one of your episodes. This account revolves around a dear friend of mine, Carol, whose battle with cancer reached its final chapter not too long ago. Her condition had been deteriorating rapidly, and when her husband called to inform me that she had been moved to hospice care, it was an unmistakable signal that her time with us was drawing to a close. The gravity of the situation was immense, and yet, due to circumstances beyond my control, I found myself unable to be at her side during those precious last moments. My car had decided to surrender to its mechanical ailments at the worst possible time, leaving me with no means of transportation. But even if I could have traveled, part of me hesitated at the thought of facing Carol in such a vulnerable state. Tears come too easily to me, and I knew that Carol, strong-willed as she always was, would have disapproved of any display of sorrow on her behalf. So, with a heavy heart, I remained at home allowing myself to be overcome by grief in private. The day wore on slowly, each tick of the clock echoing the weight of impending loss. I found myself lost in sorrow, my usual daily tasks neglected as I succumbed to despair. My emotions ebbed and flowed, a sea of sadness with no shore in sight. Then, as the sun began its descent and the light waned, something inexplicable occurred. Out of nowhere, my spirits lifted dramatically, it was as if a weight had been lifted from my shoulders, leaving in its wake a profound sense of peace and appreciation for life. My existence suddenly seemed incredibly precious. Even the smallest gestures of my family appeared magnanimous in their simplicity. The realization that our evening meal had not been prepared due to my emotional turmoil now seemed inconsequential. After all, what was a skipped dinner in the grand scheme of things? With newfound levity, I concluded that ordering pizza was a perfectly acceptable alternative, a decision that brought a semblance of normalcy back into our household. As we gathered around the table enjoying our impromptu feast, the phone's shrill ring cut through the mirth. I felt a twinge of dread as I answered. It was Carol's husband on the line with news that confirmed my worst fears. Carol had passed away in the late afternoon around the very time my sudden change of heart had occurred. The tears I thought I had conquered came rushing back, and I spent the remainder of the evening in a haze of grief. When bedtime arrived, I sought refuge in sleep, but found myself doing something utterly out of character before succumbing to slumber. There was a crystal on my nightstand, a trinket without any particular significance up until that night. 
For reasons I cannot explain, I grasped it firmly in my right hand as I dozed off. That night, I was visited by a dream that was unlike any other I have ever experienced. In this vivid reverie, the phone beside my bed began to ring. Instinctively, I picked up the receiver and greeted the caller with a sleepy, Hello? Hello, replied a voice, a voice that resonated with an undeniable familiarity. This is Carol. I just wanted to let you know that I'm dead and I'm fine. So bye. It was unmistakably Carol on the other end. Her voice carried the same slightly raspy, rapid cadence it always had, a tone that bordered on brusque, but was undeniably hers. Confusion took hold of me as I processed this bizarre conversation, a conversation that should have been impossible. The realization jolted me awake, and as consciousness returned, I found myself clutching not a phone receiver, but the crystal I had taken to bed. Many would dismiss this as a mere dream, an ordinary nocturnal fabrication of a grieving mind. However, I can't shake off the distinct impression that this was something else entirely, something far more profound. Dear Mysteries After Dark Podcast, I'm reaching out to you today with a couple of experiences that have truly baffled me and I think would be a perfect fit for your show. Both incidents took place at my home, where I currently reside alone after having left school. The first occurrence was last month. It was a day like any other, with nothing out of the ordinary, except my parents were out and I had the house to myself. I remember clearly it was a Friday, April 27th to be precise. That morning, I had woken up later than usual, the sunlight already painting the walls of my room in a warm hue. After a lazy start, I decided to take my dog out for his routine walk so he could take care of his business. The air outside was brisk, signaling the transition from spring to summer. As my dog sniffed around, I put on my earphones and let the music from my iPod fill the silence around us. The song playing was almost over when suddenly it came to an end, and that's when I heard it. The unmistakable sound of my front door opening and then closing. My dog's ears perked up and he started barking, signaling that he too had heard something unusual. My first thought was that it must be either my mom or dad returning home unexpectedly. If it were my mom, I'd be in trouble for not finishing my chores. If it were my dad, I figured I could breathe a sigh of relief. Either way, curiosity got the better of me, and I decided to go check. I made my way back through the garage toward the front of the house, thinking I'd be able to identify who had come home by spotting their car in the driveway. But to my surprise and growing alarm, there was no car. That meant someone had entered my home while it was supposed to be locked and empty. A thousand thoughts raced through my mind as I grabbed a rake from the garage for protection. Heart pounding, I entered the house from the back door. With as much courage as I could muster, I called out loudly, I know you're here, come out. I continued this mantra, moving from room to room in search of the intruder. When I got to the front of the house, I found the front door ajar, but the fly screen closed. Contrary to both doors being shut and locked, prior to me leaving with my dog. Despite a thorough check, 
The house was empty, no sign of anyone or anything amiss, except for that lingering feeling of unease. The second incident took place more recently, just last Friday, and mirrored the first in many ways. This time around, I was at home working on my laptop on the opposite side of the house. The peaceful quiet was abruptly broken by the sound of the fly screen and front door opening, followed by a thud on the kitchen bench, a sound akin to my mom's bag when she arrives home. Thinking it was indeed my mom this time, I eagerly went to show her something I'd made on my laptop. But once again, as I entered the front area of the house, no one was there. Not a soul in sight, and certainly not my mom's bag where the thud had implied it would be. I felt chills running down my spine as history was repeating itself right before my eyes. With haste, I grabbed an umbrella, this time as my makeshift weapon, and once more searched every room of the house for an explanation. Yet again, nothing. No one was there. The front door stood open with only the fly screen shut. These events have left me puzzled and a tad frightened, wondering about the safety of my own home. The sounds were unmistakable. My dog's reactions were real. He heard it too. Yet there's no evidence to explain what or who caused them. Is it possible someone is getting in and out without a trace? Or is there another explanation entirely? I'm looking forward to any insights you might have on these mysterious occurrences. Dear Mysteries After Dark Podcast, You may hold whatever opinion you wish regarding the tale I'm about to recount, but every word of it is steeped in my truth. It began in the early years of my life, when I was but a child of two, inhabiting an imposing structure whose foundations were laid in the early 1900s. The history of the house bore the scars of a tragic past, where once a married couple had shared their lives until a dark day, when the husband, in an act of unimaginable violence, ended his wife's life within the confines of the kitchen. The specifics of the act are too horrific for me to convey and are best left unspoken. Ensuing his crime, he retreated to the garage where he took his own life. My memories of that time are fragmented, as one might expect of a toddler. Yet there are moments that remain as vivid as if they had occurred yesterday. It was during the period when I was first learning to navigate the world on my own two feet that I encountered her, Amy, as I've come to call her, in the very kitchen where her life had been so cruelly snatched away. My young eyes saw her there, handling tomatoes as if preparing a meal, an ordinary domestic scene, but for the fact that she was no longer among the living. It was then that I first witnessed her husband, his specter fueled by an anger that death had not quelled. He made toward me with an ominous intent, and although I was merely a child, terror took hold. Amy intervened, attempting to hinder his pursuit, as I fled to seek refuge in my grandfather's arms, weeping from fear. The memory of that fright is etched into my mind, which perhaps explains why it has never faded. Such encounters became woven into the fabric of my daily life within that house. Amy, despite her ethereal existence, evolved into more than a protective presence. She became my friend. 
We engaged in the innocent pastimes of childhood, racing along the corridor's length and exuberantly bouncing on beds, all within the company of her silent companionship. However, not all days were lighthearted. On one occasion, Amy's demeanor shifted. She radiated an anger that seemed to consume her, yet her voice remained silent. Whether by choice or by some cruel imposition by her spouse, I could not tell. I recall my grandparents resting peacefully when Amy entered their chamber. Curiously, I trailed behind her and inquired about her intentions. To my grandparents, it appeared as if I spoke to empty air. Amy proceeded to disturb the dresser with a ferocious intensity. Pleading with her to cease had only amplified her actions until our eyes met, and a silent understanding passed between us. With that, she relented. Taking her hand in mine, a gesture more felt than physically experienced, we exited together. Eventually, my grandparents came to realize the truth that many had likely suspected before. The house was haunted. The uncanny occurrences persisted with such regularity that our residence there became untenable. Reluctantly, we vacated our haunted abode. Amy remains in my thoughts persistently. There's a part of me that harbors nostalgia for those bygone days, her spectral form shielding me from harm and sharing in my childish games. Her memory lingers with me still. Dear Mysteries After Dark Podcast, My life has taken a turn into the inexplicable, and I feel compelled to share my experiences with you, hoping to find some answers, or at least someone who understands. Evenings for me have become a theater of the paranormal, a stage where specters play out their silent dramas. It began on a night like any other, the house steeped in silence, the world asleep. I lay in bed when suddenly the sound of heavy footsteps echoed through the hallway. My sister Ella, who is eight, has a habit of wandering at night, so I thought it was her. With care not to wake the others, I opened my door and stepped into the corridor. There she was, or so I thought, draped in a dressing gown that swept the floor as she moved. Urged by concern, I approached her and reached out, placing my hand on her shoulder. The cold that met my touch was bone-chilling, and as I turned her around, my breath caught in my throat. It wasn't Ella. The girl before me bore golden hair and piercing blue eyes that seemed to hold malevolence within their depths. As our eyes met, she offered me a sinister glare, then wriggled free from my grasp, sprinted down the hall, and vanished through the solid brick wall. Shaken, I returned to my bed, my mind racing with what had transpired. You see, I've been no stranger to the spectral since I was six. Ghosts have been part of my life, yet my family dismisses them as fragments of an overactive imagination. But this was no figment. It was as real as anything. Another incident unfolded at my Nan's house. We sat together one evening, lost in a television program when she leaned in and whispered a secret meant just for us. She too had seen ghosts and believed in my ability to perceive them. As if on cue, the television began to switch channels on its own volition. The lights flickered off, and a shadowy figure loomed in the doorway. 
Then there was that night at my friend's house, a slumber party that descended into chaos. We were discussing ghosts, and despite my friends Tammy, Alice, and Jade being skeptics, I stood firm in my belief. They wanted to dabble with a Ouija board. I refused, heeding my nan's warning against inviting trouble with such practices. But they proceeded without me. What followed could only be described as a nightmare unleashed, exploding light bulbs, trembling tables, screams piercing the air coupled with a man's mocking laughter. Tammy and Alice fled in tears while Jade and I faced the aftermath together. Despite these events, my family remains unconvinced of the supernatural realm that shadows me. I've kept a record of each ghostly encounter over the past month, a tally that amounts to 13 distinct apparitions. So here I am, reaching out to you in search of insight. Why do these spirits gravitate towards me? Is it normal to see so many in such a short span of time? I am eager for your thoughts on this matter. Thank you for providing a platform for stories like mine. Dear Mysteries After Dark Podcast, As a child, my world was a blend of the mundane and the mysterious, but nothing stands out more starkly in my memory than the events that unfolded when I was around the tender age of nine. The house where I grew up was old, with creaking bones and whispering walls, and my room was nestled in the attic, a small dominion of my own accessible via a narrow staircase that seemed to spiral upwards into my own private slice of heaven. Or so I thought. One night, or more precisely, in the early hours of the morning, at about 3 a.m., my sanctuary became a stage for something inexplicable. The night was still, the house was silent, and yet, as I lay in bed, I found myself trapped in an invisible vice. I was awake but utterly immobile, a condition I now know is called sleep paralysis. A heavy heat enveloped me, sweat clinging to my skin like a second layer, despite the usual chill that seeped through the attic walls and into my bones. In those moments, my senses sharpened. I could hear every groan of the house as though it were alive. The staircase to my room became a pathway for something sinister. I knew with every fiber of my being that an entity was ascending those stairs coming for me. The anticipation was suffocating. Then there it was, a dark silhouette framed in my doorway. A man's outline, devoid of features yet brimming with malice. The specter moved with purpose toward me. Paralyzed, I could do nothing but watch as it approached, my heart hammering against my chest like a wild thing caged. Silent screams filled the void where my voice should have been. Closer and closer it came until I felt the unmistakable dip of the mattress beside me, the pressure of an unseen weight that had no right to be there. Then came the sensation of a hand, cold and suffocating, reaching for my throat. My breath hitched, stolen by this phantom assailant. Tears streamed down my face as fruitless efforts to call out to my mother met with only silence. Panic surged as the minutes stretched on, an eternity in which I genuinely believed that my young life might be snuffed out by this inexplicable force. But then, 
As suddenly as it had begun, the pressure lifted. The entity retracted its chilling touch and seemed to vanish. In those moments of release, I pondered what had prompted its retreat. Was it possible that some other presence had intervened? A guardian angel or spiritual guide, perhaps? This notion has comforted me throughout the years. I now feel enveloped in a protective embrace, safeguarded from further nocturnal terrors. Curiously enough, this event wasn't my sole encounter with the unexplainable within that house. Around the same time, a vision would often materialize before me. A young soldier clad in battle attire, helmet on his head and rifle in hand, would traverse my bedroom with ghostly resolve. Could this have been the same apparition that assaulted me in my sleep? Or was my childhood home a nexus for spectral wanderers from different eras? Though these visions ceased long ago, they have left an indelible mark upon my psyche. They've shaped my perception of the world beyond what we can see and touch, a world where spirits linger and mysteries unfold in the dead of night. And now, as I share these memories with you and your listeners, I can't help but wonder how many others have experienced such chilling encounters in their own homes. This story is not just a recounting of events. It's an invitation to ponder the unknown corners of our existence. Perhaps someone listening has felt that same paralyzing fear or seen the echoes of past lives played out before their eyes. If so, know you're not alone in the darkness. Thank you for providing a platform where stories like mine can be shared and contemplated by those who are drawn to the shadows as much as they are to the light. Dear Mysteries After Dark Podcast, when I was a tender age of eight, an unforgettable experience etched itself into my memory, one that even now sends a chill through my spine whenever it darts through my mind. It all occurred in the vibrant country of Germany, where my life was entrenched in the military culture due to my father's service. Life there was a kaleidoscope of new experiences and friendships, the most precious of which was with Chris, the closest friend I had. Our story begins on a seemingly ordinary evening around 8.30 p.m. The sky had darkened and the streetlights began casting their glow upon the paths we trod. For two young souls such as us, this was a signal that our outdoor adventures were nearing their end. Despite this, we wandered aimlessly, reveling in the freedom only youth could appreciate, unaware that this night would be different from all others. As we meandered between the towering buildings of our housing complex, a curious sensation prickled at the edges of my perception. A fleeting shadow, swift and silent, darted between structures. I dismissed it initially as a trick of the light or a figment conjured by an overactive imagination. However, when Chris turned to me with wide eyes and uttered, Hey, did you see that? I knew that it wasn't just my imagination playing tricks on me. In Germany, the night skies are often sliced by the wings of bats, agile creatures adept at navigating the dark. So it wasn't entirely bizarre to witness such swift movements in the periphery of our vision. Yet as this shadow continued to flit about with what seemed like a deliberate pattern of following us, a tingle of unease began to coil within us. 
The transition from mundane to menacing was gradual, but undeniable. Those fleeting glimpses of darkness began to manifest within the very buildings we passed. Our apartments were encased in complexes with stairwells that were visible through glass doors. Nothing could remain hidden there from prying eyes. Chris confessed he too had seen the shadow lurking indoors, an admission that propelled our juvenile fears from mere curiosity to a visceral dread. Our encounter with this persistent shadow escalated rapidly from that point on. The air around us felt charged with an ominous energy, and every rustle and whisper seemed amplified. We no longer doubted that we were being followed. The shadow clung to our heels like a malevolent specter. Our instincts screamed at us to flee, and we obliged with no hesitation. We raced back to our stairwell, a sanctuary of sorts, with hearts hammering against our ribcages. Chris lived just above me, and we hurtled up the stairs two at a time until we reached our respective homes. We thought we had outrun whatever it was that haunted us that night, believing that by crossing into the light and warmth of home, we'd be safe. Yet such experiences are not easily shaken off or forgotten. The shadow that accompanied us that evening never revealed its true nature or intent, leaving us with nothing but conjectures and the cold comfort of unanswered questions. Our tale has been recounted to many over the years. Some meet it with skepticism, others with a knowing look that suggests they too have brushed against the unexplained. What's peculiar is that even after Chris moved away and our paths diverged, I'm haunted by this unwavering notion that he still encounters that enigmatic shadow. It's a baseless feeling, an intuition without evidence, but it lingers stubbornly. This story may not hold answers or a neat conclusion wrapped in logic, but it remains a fragment of my history, an eerie moment suspended in time. Perhaps your listeners will find some meaning or similar experience in this tale of shadows and childhood fears. Dear Mysteries After Dark Podcast, my experiences with the unexplained began during my childhood in the cramped quarters of a two-bedroom apartment. The memory remains vivid, as I was about 10 or 11 years old at the time. My family structure consisted of my mother, several of my sisters, and myself, all of whom shared a single room for sleeping. As night would descend and we'd retire to our room, sleep came easily for most. However, for me, those nights became a stage for an unsettling ritual. A woman, unknown and ethereal, would appear to wake me from slumber. Her presence was consistently disturbing, yet I was the sole witness to her visits. She spoke to me, but her words slipped through my understanding like sand through fingers. Desperate, I would attempt to rouse my mother, only to be met with the chilling whisper, she can't hear you, from our nocturnal visitor. Subsequently, the woman would depart from our room as quietly as she had entered, with each sunrise, I held hope that it was just a solitary nightmare. Yet the encounters persisted night after night. These events became a burden that I could no longer bear in silence. Bravely, I recounted the incidents to my mother. Seeking respite from the nightly visitations, 
I migrated to sleep in the comparative sanctuary of the living room. One evening, under the shroud of darkness once more, I observed the woman. She glided past me with an air of familiarity and paused at the bedroom door. Her gaze was searching yet empty. She offered no communication before continuing on her path. She entered the kitchen, and driven by some inexplicable compulsion, I followed. There, she performed her most astonishing act yet. She vanished through the wall as if it were made of mist. The next day was pivotal. My brothers, prompted by curiosity or perhaps something more, dismantled the very wall through which the woman had disappeared. To our astonishment, a concealed bedroom lay on the other side, a secret space that time had forgotten. Compelled to seek answers, my mother approached our landlord with our discovery. His reaction was as revealing as it was unsettling. A woman had indeed passed away within what was now our apartment. That revelation seemed to have broken some sort of spell, because after that wall was opened up and the truth brought to light, the woman ceased her visits. Our family didn't linger much longer in that apartment. We moved out shortly after those events unfolded. But the question of why that woman came to me, and only me, remains unanswered. Was she tethered to this mortal coil by unfinished business, or a message she yearned to deliver? Or was it simply my youthful imagination weaving tales in the twilight hours? This mystery is one that still haunts me to this day. I have turned these events over in my mind countless times, each replay adding another layer of detail in an attempt to make sense of what happened. But sometimes, I suppose, some things are destined to remain beyond our understanding. Thank you for allowing me to share my story with you and your listeners. Well, my dear friends, we've reached the end of yet another winding path. As the evening knits the night, drawing its comforting darkness around us, we must part ways, for now. You've traveled with me through unsettling alleyways of thought, and I hope our journey together has both enthralled and enchanted you. Like a spider's web capturing the moonlight in its delicate dew-drenched threads. Until we meet again beneath the gossamer glow of the next moon, I urge you to keep your hearts open, your minds sharp, and your spirits daring. Remember, no star is ever out of reach, and no mystery is ever too daunting to seek. This is your humble grandpa, turning the last page of our ebon-bound book for now. May your dreams be wistful, my friends. Farewell from Mysteries After Dark, a horror podcast, and tread softly into the night. <laughs>